we're going to dive right into it because um, I don't want to waste anybody else's more anybody else's time. Uh, we're going to talk today about understanding the big game draw here in Colorado, and it is right on our doorstep. It just opened up. Big game applications opened up last week. Uh, what yep. was it like March, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, March, March one. March one opened up last week, and what that does is it gives us a full month to figure out what the heck we're going to do as far as it comes to uh, applying for big game applications. And uh, what I'm talking about big game is I'm talking your pronghorn, your deer, uh, mule deer, white-tailed deer, and your elk, moose. And um, those are the, typically the big ones. I mean, sheep and yeah. goats, aren't those a little bit separate? Don't have yeah. a separate type data yeah. at the same yeah. time frame? Sheep, sheep, goat, and moose all have their own unique right. Um, elements of the draw. So right now what we're going to really talk about is, I mean, we can maybe kind of touch on that a little bit, but we're really going to focus on the big, uh, I guess, three if you want to call them, you know, elk, yeah. deer, pronghorn. Um, there's a new system this year. Everything's, it, it's not paperless anymore. Or it's paperless, I should it's say. It's paperless now. Uh, yes. It's not, uh, you don't have to physically, those of you that physically filled out an application, sent it in, or came down here to uh, uh, 6060, where we are uh, recording this podcast from, 6060 Broadway, the main buildings, the two buildings that are over here, uh, where we're recording this podcast from today, um, you don't have to do that anymore. I mean, you can still come down, we'll, we'll, we'll touch yeah. on that, but it's all paperless. And it's weird when you get these these regs, and there's there's it's it's lighter. There's yeah. not stuff in the back. So let's go. Let's kick off right right into it. For those of you that are new, novice, um, kind of a year or two into it, and um, uh, just wanting to get going, and you have questions on it, we're gonna try to uh, to go over as many as as much as we can here today on this podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, we will point you in the right direction to ask those questions. But hopefully, we answer a lot here. So let's start right off the bat. Why hunt big game? Why do we do? Why do we put in, in these for these applications? Why do we yeah. do it? Uh, you know, I think everyone has their own reasons, but it, I think there's some uh, similarities between a lot of hunters. You know, I think you and I we talk about our hunting experience, um, the memories we share with family or friends going out. I think those are highlights. We we don't always harvest an animal, so you know. Right. You think about the memories uh, that that that's probably the highlight of of getting out. I think a lot of hunters rely on that that food. It's a good, healthy, nutritious food source. Mm-hmm. Um, people that are um, trying to eat locally, uh, there's not a lot lot better way of eating um, no. meat locally than than hunting wild game. So that, and and if you harvest a, a deer, or an elk, a pronghorn, I mean, a fantastic tasting food. Oh, they're great! And you can fill your freezer up. You can supplement your your meat uh, for your family. Yep. So I mean, those are great ways, and it, it's it's just fun. It's it's awesome to get out there, it whether is. you harvest or not. You get close to animals, the excitement, the adrenaline, the the physical challenge of hunting. You know, walking up and oh, down. Yeah. The hills, the mountains, oh, yeah. or trying to to put stock on an animal, and you know whether you get busted or not. It's it, it, it's just an enjoyable time to be outdoors. It's good exercise. Yep. There, there's so many reasons. Yeah, and I mean it, um, it, it. Whatever your reason is, is your reason, and it's you. You may have uh, been introduced to this through family. Um, you know, I got introduced to it to uh, my uncle and my dad. And uh, his his uncles, his dads, kind of you know, so forth and so forth. So um, it uh, it's really important to me it, to 
get out there with family. That's how I started doing it. So I love to get out there with family. And then later in my years, get out there with friends. You know, my hunting circle is really close with, with family mostly. Then you get out with friends later on uh, as I grew up. Uh, it, it really, again, it's not all about the harvest, even though that's, that's one of the things that we, we strive to do is harvest an animal. So, um, and, and with the uh, uh, reasons why kind of to get involved uh, with hunting is there's a huge push in the organic meat. You, you mm-hmm. said local, local food. Where, where are you getting your food from? There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on about factory farming. Um, you know, where all the hormones in the meat? Uh, we don't know where it's going. We don't know where it's coming from. This this is a situation to where you know where it's going, and it's as organic as it can get. You know, there's uh, and it tastes it tastes great. Mm-hmm. So I I just I, I want people to understand that, especially with this new eating right, getting healthy. A lot of folks wanna wanna do that. This is a great way to knock all of those off your list. You get a good organic meal. Or get a get, get good organic protein, I should say, and then you get an opportunity to go and get yourself into some shape. Because if you're not in any any shape out there, <laughs> it makes it hard. You can yeah, you can run into some trouble. So so it cut, checks all those bar, boxes. But it but for the most part of me is the experience I have, I experience with my family or my friends. Um, so uh, I it's really important to me, and I I get excited. I get excited and I look forward to the time when that hunting brochure comes in my mailbox <laughs> and I get to go out there and pull it out or I see it pop on at Walmart or wherever it may be. So that's one of the first things. That's how we start off big game hunting season is by picking up that, that brochure and grabbing it, sitting down and going over to figure out what, what's going on in there. So what's new in there in that in that brochure this year? That's what I always turn to. What's yep. new? So first I can, page. First page. Yeah. What's new? So Kind of let's go over kind of some of the things that's new that we haven't already. Obviously, we're paperless. We talk about that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest that's things that's big new. new thing. Uh, what else is new there that we can look at in that Greg's book? Yeah, um, I mean, there, there's some different um, seasons, some different hunt codes that are in there. Um, there, uh, you know, depending on what you hunt for deer, elk. There's pronghorn, moose, bear. There's there's some um, some changes to some of the the GMUs or some of the quotas that might be um, in some of these areas and and just so so folks know um, in Colorado we, we try to manage our wildlife in a dynamic process if the populations go up or down our license quotas need to have have that same effect so that we right. can maintain these populations and we can have hunters that can hunt get out and hunt but we also make sure we have those populations reproducing right and so we have them the next year as well so so those those are changing and um, there there's a whole page full of of changes in there um, the big one that you're talking about is we're now going paperless right so yeah. um, everybody that filled out those paper applications for years um, and you're wondering why are we doing this well we, we do have a new system that that is incorporating both the state parks um, passes permits now our licenses all into a newer system but um, another another great benefit of going paperless is um, for so many years now, they looked at all of the the mistakes or the issues that come through the, mm-hmm. the big game draw. And um, I believe most years it's about 95% of the mistakes. These are mistakes that might get um, a license thrown out, an application thrown out of right. the draw right. because they, they um, you know, the, the computer that scans them couldn't read, is that a two or is it a five? Um 
you know, someone, you know, they're filling it out and they went outside the box. Well, it might show it's a seven, but part of the seven is outside the box. Right, now it looks like right. a one. Um, that, the, the paper applications accounted for 95% of our errors. And, wow, um, really? And, and that means there's, there's angry hunters, angry applicants. There's um, more work that has to be done on the CPW side to try and um, fix some of those problems as well. So this, this process going to the paperless, I think, is going to be better for people in the long run. And um, CPW is, is understanding of, you know, people are going to be a little bit um, maybe intimidated if they're not used to running computers or doing much on a computer, doing stuff online. And um, we like to, to do what we can to help people out. We do have videos on our websites. Mm -hmm. um, we've got information on our website to try and help people get through it. And we will have, um, like, like just like a lot of people come to 6060 Broadway and they come to our, we call it the war room. The but war it's a, room, yeah. yeah. It's a room that people can come and get some assistance in applying. We'll have people staff in that war room that, that week before the deadline of April 3. This is 2018, so April 3, 2018 is a deadline for applications. So we'll have people in here trying to help people where they have questions. And if doing the application online is not your thing, you just can't do it, there is a phone number that you can call as well and we'll help you out and with that. Yeah, and that's, that's important that people think they, they throw it. What I'm, what I'm noticing right now through this whole process is as I look at social media sites and and, and just try to look at all the questions and stuff that are out there. There a lot of people throwing their hands up. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. It's, it's I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> you just said that if you're having trouble, call the phone number. Mm -hmm. And if if you're still having trouble, do it within that week. I mean, have an idea of what you're going to do. Figure everything out. Where what game unit you're in. Um, how many what how many tags you're going to fill out. Whatever it may be. Have that plan set up. Write it down. Then come here during that week, and somebody will help you out. Now, if you come down here the day before, or even the day of, I mean, I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's you're gonna, gonna get busy. you're gonna get busy. You're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be grumpy, and well, they might even have burritos or donuts. I know there's been a couple <laughs> years they've had burritos and donuts down here, so they might even have that down here again. But do it if 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 you're in that situation where you just can't figure it out on here, call or come down here for that week and try to have somebody come help you out. There's always there's that that's always there. Yeah. That's what I always. I mean, if you can't, I understand. It's a big change from filling out because I we were talking about this earlier. I used to come down here when I was younger with my uncle, <laughs> and it was it was a, it was something that we look forward to. We'd come down and there'd be a big line, and you'd sit down and you'd have people that okay, yeah, you did that right, you did that right. Nope, that's out of the box. And then you got grabbing you know more applications, <laughs> stuff getting thrown in the trash, recycling bin, whatever it may be. Then you're filling it out again. So. It's it's I really think it's I've been I've been paperless for a while now. I don't mm -hmm. remember the last time I filled out a a handwritten application and sent it in. I've been paperless for a while. It's, I've been doing it online. Pretty you do it once. It's so seamless. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's yeah. so that's what I think. Of course, with new anything new, there's going to be learning curve. There's going to be how to figure it out or getting used to it. So as long as is uh, just be patient. I mean, you're going to get your tags in either way. You can have help to come down and get your tags in. Yep. So. Just yeah. uh, let's, you know. You know, an another thing to think about, you know, a lot of hunters have hunting buddies, whether it's family mm -hmm. or friends. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you don't want to do it yourself or if you're not quite sure right. how to do it, um, you know, call up your hunting buddies, you know, put a, put a venison roast in the, in there the you oven, go. invite them over for supper. There you go. And sit down and work on this together. They, they may understand it. They may help you out. What, what a better 
you know, that, that I think it's a great way to tie in with the buddies again, oh, get excited sure, yeah. about talking about your future um, hunts and, and kind of recap some of the stories you've had from past years. We used to do at parties all the time, you know, yeah. like, like my my uh, my uncle, my when I was hunting with the family, they'd come over and we all might my, my mom would make make us dinner, and then we would figure out what we're gonna do, fill it out, and then figure out what we're gonna do, and then then later on I would start to get I'd meet buddies, yeah. you know, we'd go and meet. We go to whatever sports bar, whatever it is, game may be on. We'd have our apps, and then we or we'd have our regs or our brochures, and we'd figure out what we're going to do, where we're going to go, how we're going to do it. So that's fun. That's that's yeah. part. It's part of the yeah. whole process to do this, which I like. I love the preparation process of this. So, yeah. um, uh, let's go. Uh, let's get right into it. We, we, we've you know, said. Let, uh, oh, let me interrupt go ahead, you, go ahead, man. Go ahead, go I, ahead. I do have a couple other things I just want to throw out yeah, there yeah. on a what's new. Um, go ahead. So, so when you do apply this year, you do not have to pay for your license right at the application time. So in previous okay. years in Colorado, you would pay for the full license plus the $3 um, processing fee. And, um, you know, basically you would give that to CPW. If we drew, of course, you know, we're, we're going to cash that, that money. We're going to, you know, charge that to you. But if you don't draw, we would send you a check back in the mail. This year, the only thing you're going to be paying is going to be that three dollar application, application fee or processing fee um, for for each application. But you don't have to pay for it until you actually draw. So if you don't draw, it's not going to be charged. If you do draw, CPW will charge. And so when you apply, you're going to put in a credit card. Um, if for some reason that credit card isn't able to cover it, you will have a limited amount of time to make sure that that payment is complete. Okay. Um, but what, what, I mean, it, this is a change people need to think about. So whatever credit card you're going to be putting in, just make sure, um, you know, we've, we've got information on our brochure, um, back page that tells you, you know, when, when does this draw, um, come out? When do we let people know, did they draw or not? Make sure you've got money in that credit card, um, or that bank account that, that you're drawing from, um, to cover it. And, and it should, it should move pretty smooth if you, if the, that doesn't work for you. Again, call up the numbers and say, "Hey, is what options do I have on this?" And get as well, but but just make sure you have that money there. Now, is it um, uh, you might you might be heading right into this, but uh, is it just credit card, or can you like put a check a banking routing number? Because I mean, I'm just guessing. There's there may be some. I'm sure everybody has a credit card or some kind of card, um, bank card, whatever it may be. Uh, is there other options for those that I, don't? Yeah, I have it. I. I don't know the answers to that fully. I haven't. I don't okay. work the the front desk or right, the cashier right. that kind of stuff. Um, I believe that that someone can actually buy. You know, like like through another you know a money order, they can maybe buy a gift certificate. You know, and and pay it off for that gift certificate as well. So again, I, I think that's something. If, that, if they, you're in a situation right. without a credit card, call, call up that and number and say, "All right, this this credit card doesn't work for me. Please run me through exactly what I need to do." And I, I think that's that's going to be the best bet for people in that that situation right okay. now. So I got one other thing I wanted to throw out there that that's what's new as well, and that's going to be um, mandatory chronic wasting disease CWD. Right. So make sure you check in your brochure. There's going to be some new game management units that that will have mandatory um, chronic chronic wasting disease testing, and um, so so it's it's something that is important. Um, CPW is trying to get a an idea of you know what is the prevalence of CWD. Um, if hunter harvest is definitely going to be the most 
economical. It's, it's going to be the best way for us to get this information and then to figure out, okay, is it a, is it a big enough concern? You know, what mechanisms do we need to be thinking about into the future with CWD? So um, if you're in one of those units, um, you know, we cover that cost. There's information on our website on that. There is information in our brochure as well. So again, if you're going hunting in those units, um, kind of kind of read through that information. Make sure you're prepared. Um, you, if you harvest an animal, you're gonna have to turn that head in. So there's right. a way to do it properly. Um, so so make sure you 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 figure that out ahead of time. Um, maybe call up the local office, which is on the inside flap. The numbers for all of our CPW offices are on the inside flap of the brochure. Um, maybe you call up that office and just say, "Hey, if I got to take a head in, what what time are you open? Um, you know, where, what's the address? You know, coming in there. Um, you know, if you're living in the Front Range, you know, Fort Collins office, Denver office, we've right. got got folks that are there to accept the heads as well. And it's a neat process too, if uh, you have chance to um, uh, check it out. It's 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 kind of right back in the back here building. Yep. Right? Yeah, they go drop it off. And and again, this isn't. A statewide deal. It's a specific units that's because there's always been areas where if you draw a tag, it says you know you're in a CWD yeah. area. Now it's it's more of a hey, we need you to do this in these areas. Yeah, and and the plan is to change these GMUs up from year to year so that we can get coverage of of the state and get an idea of what the CWD prevalence is. Um, if, if someone is in a unit hunting in a unit that isn't the mandatory check but they still want to get it checked um you can do that it's the same process only the hunter will will cover the cost for the test and it's uh, you know it's, it's not not an exorbitant amount right you know, right 30 dollars for that test it's, it it doesn't cost all that much again check out our website on on chronic wasting disease um, there's a lot more information, and if that doesn't satisfy all your questions, again, we got customer we got service customer numbers. Service, right. that they, they hear so many different questions. They're great folks, very knowledgeable. Yeah, and so, again, it's not mandatory statewide, just there's new units that it may be mandatory in. But, again, do your research on that because I've seen a lot of questions that people think that it's mandatory statewide. Oh, now i got to take my head in wherever I am. No, it's just, again, do your reading, and if you have questions, feel free to call. Yeah. Um, uh, we've been mentioning, we've been saying GMUs a yeah. lot. So for those of you that don't know, GMU means Game Management Unit. And kind of go over how these Game man manage bleh, Management Units <laughs> work. I can't even say it. Um, go. Maybe that's why I said GMU, because just saying yeah. the whole word, you, you stumble over yourself. Yeah. But I can't speak English sometimes, so it could just be that. <laughs> um, the, the state's broken up into units that you can hunt. So kind of go over... Uh, um, why that's important? Why they, you know, separate units yeah. and what's what's to look for on? Yeah. Maps. So the, yeah. So Colorado is broken up into you know j just so many GMUs. Uh, what it, that allows us is to manage population, manage um, areas in a smaller number. So um, you know, I, I like to tell people we're managing wildlife dynamically. Things change, um, populations change, and we need to um, adapt to those changes in the environment to these populations. So by having these GMUs, we're able to 
um, set up a certain quota of licenses available throughout the different seasons so that we, we can limit, in some places, we can limit what the harvest will be. Mm-hmm. And there, there's some good information we have from years and years and years of, of managing wildlife that, well, if we have so many tags available, that means the harvest percentage is going to be such and such. And so we kind of know how many animals should be harvested um, from year to year throughout the seasons. And so, so there's a lot of good information on, on that. Um, the other thing it does is it allows hunters to spread out where they get to go hunt. Oh, yep. If any hunter could hunt any place they wanted throughout the state, if we didn't have a limitation on licenses, they can go wherever. Um, you know, there's going to be hunters that, that start talking and say, oh, yeah, I can go hunt elk or deer in this unit. And next thing you know, you got thousands of hunters out there. Right, right. Um, populations <laughs> are going to start dropping. Then their tags you know, are going to be yeah, able to get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be crowded. So the experience isn't going to be as great as it, either. So um, so this this works both ways. If, if you learn the game of um, applying, like we're going to kind of talk about here, um, you should be able to come up with a pretty good game plan on getting a limited license um, following opportunities to get over the counter whenever you're not able to get a limited license. And um, I, I think you'll be able to, um, y- if you piece it together, I think you can build yourself a good game plan where you can get out hunting almost every year and you can have some fantastic opportunities. Right, right. And and that's what, yeah, what we're going to get into it, but understanding the game units, the game management units are, are huge. And yeah. um, uh, figuring out, that's that's one of the biggest things that i I love to do is figure out uh which unit fits me the best Mm -hmm. you know you can also you can also look at uh whether what units you're going to go uh hunt a mature animal in or what units you're going to go in and go fill the freezer up with you know or something like that so uh understanding these these gmus are huge are huge and and, and, and again, kind of we, we go right along with uh, more terminology, you know, you're going to see a lot is, is hunt code. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of go over with what the hunt code is and why it's important. Yeah. So these limited licenses that people want to get, there's going to be a unique hunt code associated with it. And those hunt codes are listed in the brochure. There's archery hunt codes, muzzleloading hunt codes, rifle hunt codes. And when you look at a hunt code, it's just going to be a whole bunch of alpha numeric um, right. numbers and letters that are yep. that are there but there's a pattern to it and, right. and if you understand the pattern you can almost build your own hunt code um, or um, if you see a hunt code you can figure out this is tell me exactly what we're doing right so um, kind of break down the hunt code the very first is going to be an alpha um, a letter that comes out and, and um, it'll be say D for deer E for elk B for bear, A for pronghorn, right? I mean, just kind of looking at some of the, the more common species. Um, pretty easy to figure that out. The next letter in the, the line is going to, again, it's just a single letter, and that's going to be the gender or the mm-hmm. sex. And there's only three choices. It's M for male, F for female, E for either sex. And um, the, the other terminology along with the gender, whether it's male, female, um, the other thing we're talking about is antlers, right? right. Whether it's antlered or non-antlered. Um, type individual, so um, that 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 kind of interchangeable words on that, whether it's male or female. You're talking bulls, cows, bucks, does um, in those. Right. Um, as we move to the next uh, three digits um, together, these are going to all be numbers, um, and and that signifies the game management unit that we we're just talking about. So if you want to go hunt in unit two, um, you would be putting in zero zero two for that hunt code. 
So some of them go up into the hundreds, some of them are just two digits, you just gotta put that zero in front of it as well. So that's gonna tell you your game management unit. And then we jump to, um, and this is something that, that some people get confused about, it's an alphanumeric, it's a two digit um, placeholder here, but it's an alpha, so it's a letter followed by a number. Mm -hmm. A lot of people see that, um, that letter O and, and input a zero, unfortunately. And so when you apply online, sometimes there's a little error message that comes up. And, and if you read through it, it, the error message, it tells you exactly what to do. It really isn't a big deal. But um, if you're already frustrated because you're not used to, to using the online, um, you know, sometimes this is where things That's go where, haywire. Yeah. I just, I just, <laughs> you know, lose let's it. just calm down. <laughs> let's read what that error message says. And, and let's, let's move forward. Let's at least give it a try. Right. And so um, instead of putting a zero, like, like say you're, you're hunting third rifle season, um, it's really O for open lands, mm -hmm. public lands, open lands. Um, there's other um, letters that go in there. There might be a P for private land only, mm -hmm. or um, W is oftentimes a ranching for wildlife. Um, there may be an earlier, late season, um, especially with turkey um, licenses, same application process, just a different time of year. But um, so, so that O is going to mean open lands, and a P is going to be, you can only hunt with that tag on private land, not on public open lands as well. Now, and when you when you put in for that, so say if you put in for a Ranch of Wildlife or a P for private, mm -hmm. it's probably a good idea to have permission before you put in for that tag. Yeah. Right? yeah. Is it required? So if you put in for a P, I've never put in for private land, but if you put in for a P and... Uh, it uh, does it require you to state where you got the permission from, no. or it, it's no, just it it's just it's going to let you go, assuming that you did your response, yeah. you did what you needed to do to get permission there. Yeah. So if if you receive a private land only PLO private land only tag, um, again that's only good on private land, not public land. But we do not establish that that permission has been given already, right? Okay. As a hunter or as an angler, I mean, we've got a requirement. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a respect for these landowners to make sure we have permission. And um, you can go to a, a wildlife office, CPW office, Parks and Wildlife office, and you can get those um, landowner cards. Um, you basically um, write your information, give it to landowner. Landowner writes his information saying that he gave you permission. And um, that, that's stuff that if... Um, you know, sometimes you got landowners that have multiple family members out there. Right. So maybe you got a, a grandparent um, that gave you permission, but maybe the, the grandkid that's now managing the land runs into Didn't. you out in the field and they're angry. And, and you say, well, this individual said, am I in the wrong place? You know, you right, can right. Um, satisfy some, some concerns. Or if an officer comes and contacts you out in the field and says, okay, yeah, you are on his land. Thank you for getting that card. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to, to establish that. Um, if you don't have that card, um, you know, if you got some type of scratch paper, it's not a bad idea to have that information as well. Um, but, yeah, every hunter, every angler, if you go onto private property, you need to establish that you have permission first before you set foot on that property. So it's not a tag that you draw, and that means that you can go hunt private yep. land. You yep. have yeah, to have it doesn't permission. Yeah, it doesn't guarantee your right. permission on any of those, those properties that are in that, that GMU as well. Um, so yeah, it it helps. It definitely helps if you want to go get one of those private land only tags, which which oftentimes you can get many of those fairly easy. There, there's oftentimes plenty left over throughout the year. Yeah. Um, 
it's a good idea to get that information ahead of time. Um, if you don't, you're going to be knocking on doors either right before the season or during the season. And, um, you know, you might be stressed out a little bit. About, yeah, hey, for I see, sure. I see deer out here, but I don't have permission to go hunt. I have or, a tag. I don't have permission. There. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there, there's probably some um, landowners that, that would, would let you hunt on their property. But, again, be respectful to them. Um, seek that, that permission, you know, usually well ahead of time. Yeah. Don't pull them off a tractor. You know, oh, while yeah, they're working yeah, don't during the day to say, hey, can I go hunt? Don't knock on the door at 4 a.m. and, you know, before sunlight yeah. and um, wake hey, them up. I want to get out there. Yeah, and if they say no, they probably got a really good reason for it. You know, maybe they've got some family members coming to hunt, um, you know, later that week. Um, just If they say no, you know, hey, thank you for the day and, and go ahead and, and, you know, find somebody else to go ask. Don't burn that bridge because oh, it, it might be yes the next time. Man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can always ask further questions of landowners and say, yeah, you know, at a future date, would you be open to it? Um, you know, could I, you know, are you willing to share your contact information? I can call you up in future years. Right. You know, you can ask those questions. I say, no, you know, that's fine. Just go ahead and go on. It, it's their land. For sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a privilege. When they give you permission, it's a privilege to hunt on their property. And, you know, make sure you pick up trash out there. You know, pick up all your stuff. Don't block gates don't you know close gates if they're closed when you move through um you know be so respectful right. of their land because you know i mean treat it as it is it is a privilege to go out there. for sure i always offer um to help them with stuff yeah I, I noticed that fence over there when i was coming in you need any help with that or i you know i always offer whether they take it or not i always offer yeah or I, I I may offer other things, you know, too. So yeah, send them send them a Christmas card. Christmas card, um, yeah, or you. even just yeah. yeah to keep reminding, you know, I always offer meat. I always yeah. offer them the best cuts of the meat because that, oh, yeah. that's that's sometimes they, you would think that you know, hey, they have this land that they can go and harvest anything they that they with, within season and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but oftentimes they're working, they're working that land, so they don't be able to do, they're not able to do that, and they want you know they'll take some meat, so yeah. Yeah, so that's very important when you when you put that P down there to make sure you have uh, private land access before yeah. you do that. So yeah. going right so, along there, um, we got one more digit. One more digit to the yep. hunt code, and that's going to be your method of take. It's going to be A for archery, M for muzzleloader, R for rifle. So when you string that whole hunt code together, you know the species you're hunting, you know the gender that your license is good mm-hmm. for. You know the GMU, the game management unit that that license is, is valid in. You know the season, right? And with the season is select dates that you're allowed to hunt. And then you know what, what method of, of take right. um, on it. So, so when you can look at your hunt codes, you can, you can pretty much understand every single element of what, what that hunt code is telling you. Right. And um, that's, that's, that's another important thing, too, is where it's, you're going to figure out, uh, all right, um, you know, um, to to make sure you put in because some folks they may they may hunt ar- rifle and archery, or muzzleloader and rifle, or, or or some kind of a combination, and paying attention on what letters you put down in combination with everything else because that could send up a red flag if you put down yeah. a season for something that for a unit that doesn't have that season for that or for that yeah. method to take it. It can. It can kick yep. back, so it's really yeah. important to keep an eye on yeah. that. Yeah, the the online program is going to make sure that when you enter all that information, that that is truly a valid hunt code. So you know, let let's say you 
you put a whole hunt coat in, but you messed up the season, and there really is no season. Right. The the program is going to catch that. It's going to put a flag. Oh, okay. So then you just make make the correction. Um, what it's not going to catch though is if if there are, is a tag available for second rifle, but you you know you you put in third rifle and there's a third, tag, but right. you meant second. You know the program's not going to count count that so so you're going to want to double check your information as you're entering it it in and there and as you go through the process you enter the information it gives you a screen that says you know confirm this 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 is is what you entered please confirm and that's on you to confirm yeah take take a minute and just double check because i've i've ran into some like like what i you what i do now is i write down on a piece of paper in big capital (laughs) letters on what i'm doing i I write the gmu down or the hunt code down on what i'm doing because what i used to do is i used to take a piece of paper and kind of go off of the the rig yeah. or through the brochure i should say and um there was times i kind of you know wasn't paying attention and i moved the paper down and i'm putting in for something that i i did not want to do so that's what i do i write mm-hmm. down my hunt code in big bold letters and to make sure that i'm putting down the right one yeah. so maybe that's something that that uh that the, the folks that are listening can do or if they have a mistake on that because it does kick back to you you know confirm this and you may not you may look at the first couple letters that you thought or the first uh, uh, couple uh, code that's in that hunt code and say yeah that's right that's what I want maybe look at the season maybe look at what it, what are the species whatever it was and you didn't look at the whole thing make sure you look at the whole thing because you don't want to yep. be sitting there prepared for second season when you've got a fourth season right rifle tag way over where you're not even paying attention <laughs> yeah. so you know keep that in mind yeah and, and if you're applying online if you do it you know good few weeks before the deadline and you know you, you realize oh no my buddy put in this I put in this I, we got to correct them yeah um, the correction deadline is is going to be the same um, due date deadline so um, you, you can fix that right up to the deadline so again don't don't wait to the last moment to put in um, online once you kind of figure out what you're doing um, you know once it opens each year make sure you, you get that information in so that you're not you know, everybody else is going to be putting right. it in um, very last minute, and um, you know, it, 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 that's where um, sometimes computers have a hard time. You know, the servers have a hard time with all the traffic coming in last minute. That and um, that, yeah. yeah. So try to avoid we, that. We, is, we expect is, yeah. things will be fine, uh, but um, you know that that's one of the things that I think as a as someone who might be stressed out at putting in information in, don't do it the very last day. Right. You know, maybe. Right. Plan a week ahead of time to, to that. That's your personal deadline is get that in that week ahead of time. So if something happens, you can still make a correction in that last week. And there's plenty of resources to kind of get a gauge or figure out um, what unit, what game unit you're going to look at. You know, there's the hunting and fishing atlas, uh, or even or, or access. What I like to look at is the gazetteer. Uh, you know those those big. I think it's kind of almost the same thing as a Colorado Atlas or, or what you got here, but it's it's. Uh, I've always had those in my truck to look at. Um, they're really helpful to me when I'm doing walk-in access mm-hmm. when I'm hunting small game. Yeah, and pheasants in particular, just the roads that are you know on there. That's another resource, especially um, going on to online uh, to cpwstate.colorado.us. Dot org, all that stuff. Yep, that cpw.state.co.us. That's the best place to go to find all this information. So um, when we do that, you know, how now now what happens? How does this process work? Um, we, we, got our, we got our hunt codes in. We, got, we, we confirmed it. We hit the button. Now we're, we're going through it. Now, how does this process work? Right. So 
so yeah, this is important for folks um, to understand how the process works because this also helps you determine, right? Um, you know, what what choices you want and how to get the best tag. So as as we start from the beginning, there's the deadline. You put in your hunt codes, and when you put in your hunt codes, you got four choices: first choice, second choice, third choice, fourth choice. The 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 choice that you really want to make sure you're you're putting in. Um, well, like, like you're choosing, is, is going to be that first choice. Because if you do not draw that tag, you get a preference point for that species for that year. You don't get it for the unit that you're applying for. You just get it for a species. So <laughs> you do not draw your elk application first choice. Boom, you got an extra preference point for that year. Um, now, you might be able to draw second, third, or fourth choice, but that is not going to impact your preference points if, if you draw on those. Right. So if you do draw your first choice, any preference points you had goes back to zero and you're starting over again. So that, that's kind of important. We'll, we'll get into this um, complex process. Because um, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah it, gets, it gets complex. It but I just does. want people to know that preference points only deal with that first choice in that, that application. So the first Tuesday of April every year is going to be the deadline. Everyone gets their information in. It goes into our licensing services folks, and they go through a whole process um, going through that information. So every hunt code is given a quota of licenses. So when we talk about a hunt code, right, I mean, we're talking different method of take, different seasons, you know, bull tags, cow tags, right? It, there's so many hunt codes, and they all have their own unique quota of licenses available for that hunt code. So when they go through that, they split up some of those licenses that go towards um, landowner preference. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some landowners that are able to apply and get a certain percentage of those licenses. Um, youth are able to get um, a minimum of 15% of like the doe, cow tags. If there is a hunt code for those seasons, the, the youth can get up to 15%. Right. Um, so that that's important to know that there may be a quota of hypothetically a hundred licenses but there's going to be some of those that are earmarked are kind of pulled out of that general draw that go to kind of the landowner program and also to this youth outreach program which is great um with especially going going towards the youth it gives make sure that the, a youth uh hunter will get an opportunity to get it to draw a tag yeah. for sure yeah and and the goal of um going after antlerless you know, a, a youth gets to cut their teeth on a, you know, an animal. There's there's more does and and cows out there in the field than there are, you know, antlered animals. Right. And it's just the way Mother Nature seems to work. So um, so they get an opportunity to hopefully, you know, get to see some animals, get into some opportunities. Maybe they get to harvest. Um, but we're not we're not taking those, um, you know, those antlered animals that you know, if, if an element of hunting is, is to maybe get a trophy animal or or part of the whole experience is, you know, you have some antlers to put on the wall. Um, we're, we're not taking those licenses away from the general public. We're, we're definitely focusing right, on right. The, the antler list for the youth opportunities. But, you know, if you know of a youth um, that wants to get out hunting, look into those, those hunts. That's, that, it's, a, right. it's a fantastic yeah. way to take them out. That's, that's what you're trying to build. You're trying to build that um, foundation of the experience and the harvest is right on is, is kind of like a icing on the cake yeah. almost you know? yeah and yeah so it's a good way to get youth excited about hunting right so we have this draw we have this quota we let, let's just focus on our adult 
um, applicants now, right? We, we've already taken mm -hmm. some of those licenses away, um, but for the general adult that's out there, they've got a quota that's available. They put in, they are all assigned a random draw number, right? So it doesn't matter if you draw, if you apply random. early. Yeah, it's random. There's, there's no way that we um, influence it one way or the other. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's completely random. There's no way for people to influence it. it um, so, but they get this random draw number. When they start drawing these tags, right, this quota of tags, they will first look at who has preference points. And they'll basically kind of line all these people up based on who has the most preference points. And they'll be getting the tags right up to the point. They, they get to a level of preference points sometimes that... Um, they're going to run out of licenses, possibly, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say, um, you know, there, there's 10 licenses for this quota, and, um, you know, they were they able to get rid of um, nine of them to everyone that had, say, three preference points and above. Yet there's 10 people or 20 people that have that, you know, that, that one preference point that applied. Mm -hmm. There's only one tag left. That's where it's going to go into that random draw number, and it's going to look at those based in ascending order, and the person that randomly has that first number in that draw order gets that tag, and the rest of them, you know, it, it's a random, um, it's, it's all... random, yeah, it's random, so they, they didn't get that opportunity. Right. So what we say is that drew out at that preference point level. So three, three would be... Yeah, right. Yeah, drew out at three, or, or in this case, maybe... It, so yeah, wherever it draws out yeah. at, it draws out at whatever the the um, lowest preference point number is that, okay. that we lost all of our licenses. But um, our hunt statistics um, that that we provide free on our website um, that'll tell you it drew out at say one point or two points or ten points. Um, so you get an idea of how many points you are going to have to collect over the years to have a shot at getting that's some that. of those limited right. license tags. Sometimes there's um, we go through um, these these licenses, right? We're, we're going through just the first choice applicants, right? The, the people that put a particular hunt code in as first choice. That's what we're looking at. We give them first the people that have the most preference points. Then if there's still licenses available, we go to all the people that put that hunt code in for their second choice, right? Mm -hmm. Now these are the same. These are people that did not draw a first choice before right so maybe, right 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 so um so all those that maybe had this particular hunt code as second choice if if they had drawn another hunt code first choice they're they're, they're out of the draw right? right you only get that one limited license out of this draw process so so we go to the people that had the second choice if there's still licenses available after all the people that had that hunt code for second choice we go to those that had that hunt code at third choice and then if they're still we go to fourth choice at that point, if there's still licenses available, we call that the leftover licenses, mm -hmm. right? So all the applications, there's still licenses available. They are left over. Now, this is where things get um, kind of interesting. Um, I think this is something that, that a lot of hunters that have been doing this for years might not know about, but there is a leftover draw process. And it's only available to the hunters that did not draw in choices one, two, three. <coughs> pardon me, one, two, three, and four choices. Um, and when they applied, there's a little box 
that said, if you do not draw, yep. what should what should CPW do? Do we give you a refund um, for elk? Should we send you an over-the-counter of, of one of those seasons? Um, or do you want to be in the um, in the leftover draw? Yep. I recommend to hunters to put in the leftover draw option. What that means is that when we've gone through the whole draw process, we have a leftover list, we will send you information about all of the leftover licenses that are available throughout the state. These are limited licenses. These are, you know, these are licenses mm-hmm. that are available. Um, they are limited in numbers. And then we go through another draw process. You get to put four choices down. Preference points don't play in this leftover draw. And so people get a chance to take advantage of these leftover draws. The licenses that are still leftover, now they become available to the public, first come, first serve. And in this year, the leftover draw is available in person or on phone. So in person, you're going to have to go to a CPW office or a licensed vendor um, on August 7, 2018. It opens at 9 a.m. August 7, 2018. And and you, you're you going to stand in line and you're all going to be competing first come, first right. serve for yep. those primo units that are still left. And then um, come um, midnight, right, it's August 8, those become available online to the general public. Right. So, and, and there's some licenses that stay left over throughout the season, right? They're, they're in units that um, maybe there's a lot of private property and people just don't have access in those areas. So there's still leftover licenses. There's still a limited license right? as well. So, so one of the things that I like to tell people to do when they're trying to strategize to take the best advantage of this process is to remember that leftover draw. If yep. you don't check that box, if you and you still want to get into the leftover draw, you got to compete with everybody come early August. Mm-hmm. But if you check that box, you are only competing with the people that check that box and did not draw a tag right. in the original draw. So your chances of getting those leftover licenses are so much greater in that leftover draw. And a lot of people for years they've been applying. I, I don't know what that is. Right, they don't. Do they it. never paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think um, I think that's going to help people. Um, and we'll when we get a little bit further along here, we'll kind of talk about you know how do you build a plan for this where where you understand this process. Um, you can build a plan so that you can still take advantage and go hunting um, probably every year. You you should be able to go hunt big game animals. Right, right. And I'm I, I experienced the uh, uh, last year I did uh, leftover draw with a deer tag, and um, I didn't draw the area that I that I wanted to, and I I hit the apply for leftover draw, and you get in the mail. You get another almost. It's not a brochure, but it's a. Uh, it's like yeah, it yeah, shows two, you their hunt pages, codes. Yeah. yeah, shows you hunt codes in there, and it even if I'm not mistaken, it even shows uh, how many licenses are available. Yep. And that's what I used. My I looked. I'm like, okay, I, I can do this, do that, archery, uh, rifle. You know, I, I had to decide that. So, it's like another. It's a second another. It's another Christmas almost. Yeah. I guess. I mean, another yeah. draw. Excited, getting excited for it because you get to go plan again. Yeah. Okay, it, and it, it makes you kind of look outside the box. Maybe you wouldn't 
that you normally wouldn't go to an area, but now oh, there's a, there's X amount of tags there. I can go and apply for that yeah. and go and do that. Yeah. Or you can do have another deal where you get all excited about uh, that morning and showing up at, <laughs> at Bar Lake, for example. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, at Bar Lake State Park, where uh, Michelle and the folks over there do a, do a great job at welcoming hunters in. They're, I've seen them. I've seen they've been lined up there, you know, ready to go in and buy, buy, uh, buy those uh, leftovers. So yeah. it... Uh, there's a it's, lot of opportunities to get a limited license. It's uh, yeah, it's when you really scratch down in the sur- a lot of people don't even scratch the surface. I should say mm-hmm. when when it comes to this, they just pull out their one, their, their they fill out their four choices or whatever. Maybe maybe even just one or two choices. Oh, I don't care about this other stuff. I just want this and that. And like for me, example, I got for uh, elk, I apply for a preference point, and then I have them send me an, uh, over the counter tag. I, I apply for those other ones down. I put hunt codes. I know I'm not going to draw. But I, my, my number one goal is to apply for a preference point. I want a point that year. So then I always have an OTC tag sent to me. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, uh, th- there's, again, but we'll get into that, how to how to plan out yeah. or how to, where you can have, we're, we'll get into A, a B, and C stuff. So mm-hmm. that's that's down the road. But um, I mentioned preference points. Uh, you, we've kind of already talked to them, but if, if, if you would, you can, you you can uh, use preference points to your to your advantage to build up to one of those draw units to where you are in that upper yeah. echelon where you're, they're going to look at you first. So kind of exp- just go over real quick how preference points work. Yeah. So um, again, preference points are only affected by your first choice hunt code in that original draw. You can only gain one per year. Um, unless you're hunting turkeys, there's a spring and there a fall you yep. application. Yep. You get two preference points. And you can hear all about that on the next episode. Yep. So yeah. So, but with big game, you can get one per species per year. So, um, and again, I, I just want to kind of throw out to people too: uh, sheep, moose, goat. They kind of have their own unique element of the draw. Right, so I'm right. really focusing on um, you know the, the pronghorn, the deer, the the elk. I mean, the, right. the big three that a lot of hunters associate with hunting in Colorado. Um, as well. So um, again, if you're if you're interested in some of that other stuff, we do have information on that on our website. She definitely. Goes. But I, I want to focus for most hunters on on right, um, right. the big three. Because you're you're going to another level when you're trying to yeah. go. You have to have. It's just it's just uh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into applying for those tags. Yeah. yeah. So um, so when we're talking about preference points again. It only is affected by your first choice. If you draw your first choice, you lose all your preference points. You go back to zero. There are some units that offer limited licenses. If you look at the statistics, it drew out at, say, one preference point or two preference points. Um, there's some units that take over 20 preference points. So these are high-quality right. units that got... Um, Once-in-a-lifetime tags. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Very few people are probably going to be going back, <coughs> um, which, which, you know, they sound great, but... Um, I, I like to, to kind of encourage people is um, maybe put in a preference point hunt code, which is a code that you put in your first choice, and you're guaranteed to get your preference point. That's that's exactly what I do. But yeah. it takes you out of that round of first choice yep. drawing. Yep. So you're not if you put in a, a preference point or you put in a hunt code for your second choice that requires a preference point, you're not going to get it at second choice. Right. Right. You're the only <laughs> ones you're, you're going to get are the that. ones that are going to be drawn right. out at second right. choice. So, um, so again, you, you got to think about um, what, what you're putting for your second, third, or fourth choice. But with preference points, you, you're sort of playing a game. You're trying to figure out how many hunters are applying for that hunt code. And in the units that are really starting to take, you know, three, four, five, six, or more preference points, 
um, you can look at our statistics and say, okay, I drew out at, let's say, four preference points. That means based on last year's numbers, it's going to take me four years before I get a chance to be in the running. And it might be if you're just waiting for four preference points you put in, maybe only 10% drew with four preference points. That means based on last year, you got a 10% chance. Mm -hmm. Now, CPW doesn't determine what preference point is drawn out at. We don't determine what percentage gets it. it. It's the limit of the quota, and it's how many people are applying that, and what points they're putting in. So all these people that are just putting in um, for preference points year after year after year, all of a sudden they're going to drop those preference points on a hunt code. We don't know what hunt code they're they're going to put they're it looking on. Looking at yeah yeah. So every year people are putting in. And there's still an element of you know hey I we we cannot control that with CPW. It's the hunters that are actually dictating what does it draw. But oftentimes it's going to have some type of a pattern. Um, so if you look at some of our statistics the last few years, where they draw out, that's probably a pretty good idea that, you know, hey, I can, I can get preference points for four years, and now I've got an opportunity for mm -hmm. this hunt code. Um, maybe you want to wait to year five, and it's going to be something that you're like, you know what, me and my buddies, we all got five preference points. Let's plan a nice, awesome, you know, great adventure hunt out there in the, this hunt code. Um, so it helps you with planning if you think about that way. It's like in five years, guys, let, we're going to be doing this is, hunt. This is it. Yeah, yep. this is it. But if you're going to wait five years to go hunt, don't go into that, that unit with no experience behind you. Right. right. So go, go hunt those units that might be a leftover tag or um, can get pulled out with second, third, or fourth choice. Or hunt the over-the-counter right. um, yep. elk. Because yep. you want to go into that that unit that takes five or 20 preference points with experience under your belt. Not, not only, ex you'll hopefully you have experience of the unit you're trying, yeah. you're targeting, but experience. You don't just yeah. want to sit at home for four years and then be like, well, okay, I got enough preference yeah. points to apply and I'm going to go yeah, you know, so now because yeah. you got to put your work in. Yeah, just because it takes preference right. points doesn't mean that, you know, you step out of your, your tent in the morning and there, there's, there's the, a trophy bull elk right. in front of you. right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that, that's a great point. That's a great point to, to say. And um, it, uh, it, see, a lot of folks that, that do this, they have an idea. They may have maybe heard a unit that is, that just holds, like you said, the, mm -hmm. those mature, quote unquote, trophy class bulls mm -hmm. that, uh, that people like to go target or they want to go and say, I, I want to go hunt, hunt of a lifetime. Yeah. But they they don't do anything in the meantime. They think, well, I can't hunt now because all I have do all I I'm just waiting on preference points. Getting that OTC tag is huge, and yeah. a lot of people do that. But uh, definitely, if you're going to go spend that much time to uh, bank these points for an area or for a unit, make sure you know a lot. Make sure you have prior knowledge of that unit, or go and scout it. Now, yeah. with preference points, um, we haven't touched on party applica ap applicants yet, but when you do, uh, when you apply for as a party or a group, or a group, yep. I should yeah, say, group sorry, application. group yep. application, can you use preference points, or do they not yep. take preference points yeah. into account um, there? Yeah, so group applications um, is kind of a whole unique um, deal in itself. Right yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so if if people are applying as a group, there's a few things they need to kind of figure out with their group. Um, it's one of those things that everybody draws or nobody draws. Right. right? So, and so that's that important could, to yeah. know. Everybody draws or nobody yeah. draws. So it, it makes sense if, if, you know, if it's important that everybody 
that wants to go is going. It, it does make sense to do it that way. Um, some non-residents will do it this way because right, they got to right. save up money. Right. They got to, you know, hey, we need someone's camper or tent, you know, gear. We're all going. So, so group applications will work definitely for some people, but it, it might cause some disadvantages as well for other people. So, um, this year, what needs to happen um, starting 2018 with this new system we have in place for applying? The um, you have to determine a group leader. Yep. Right, and that group leader has to apply first, and then that group leader gives their CID number um, to everybody in the group. They then have to apply and indicate that CID number who the group leader is on it. So all, everything is being tied to that one group leader. So it's an important part. It, it, um, yeah, definitely. The other thing is your your hunt codes. Right, you got four choices. Make sure that all those hunt codes. Um, in the entire group, everything needs to be similar. The only thing you can change in your um, order of, of your hunt codes, you, you can switch out the gender, right? A bull mm. tag, cow tag, either sex tag, if there's a hunt code available for a different gender right. on it. That's the only thing that can, can change. Otherwise, your order, everything needs to be the same. Um, now, when you go into that, uh, again, it, it's it's based off your first choice hunt code when you're looking at preference points. The other thing is that it is attributing the hunter that has the lowest number of preference points to the entire group. So if you know Uncle Bob has you know ten preference points, but you know nephew Sam <laughs> only has two, that group is going in with two preference, two preference points. points. All right, yeah. and and if they draw, Uncle Bob is losing his ten preference points. It's going back to zero. So, right. so that's that's important. That's what a lot of people think that they, Uncle Bob has ten preference points. So we're going to draw this yeah. prime unit, and when when it only it only matters what uh, the nephew has. So yeah. keep that in mind when you're definitely yeah. when you're doing those. Yeah. And and if people are like, I don't know how many preference points I have. Well, our new licensing system <laughs> has a way that you can go in there and you can look exactly how many preference points you have. There, there's a whole. Um, you know some buttons that you can kind of explore and look around. You, there's a lot of information available on this new new program. It's, it, it, it is pretty easy to find. It is, and it's 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 interesting that there are people that don't know how many preference points they have. Some people will tell you about <clears throat> how many preference points they have without even asking. If you just start, you know, they're just proud of having. I got six yeah. preference points. Yeah, I got them banked. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. um, well, and, and there's this whole preference point game. So, um, I play it. I, I yeah, like yeah. It. So, so Matt, let me give you an example from my own life. I like, I'm, I'm stuck in preference point, um, you know, void here. <laughs> so, um, so I've been putting in for, um, for deer, I've been putting in for preference points every year for the last four years. Mm -hmm. And what my intention has been is to go hunt this third rifle hunt code. Um, for a buck tag. Well, it was taking seven years. I think now it's up to eight years before oh, I yeah. get my get a chance to go hunt this uh, this third rifle buck tag. My what what that means though is that I'm not I I have not found that other um, hunt code for a second, third, fourth choice or a leftover license. Right? I haven't scouted the lands. I haven't found the time available in my schedule to go do another deer hunt that year. Mm -hmm. So what I'm missing out is I'm not hunting deer all these years and I'm waiting I also have a archery unit that I'd love to go hunt and it it actually will draw out at second choice but only 30% of the applicants at second choice are drawing yeah so a few years back yeah I, I was able to draw that this system back to back last couple of years I haven't been able to draw it so I'm not going 
deer hunting. So this is something that hunters need to think about is um, what are you saving those points up for? Is it worth it to you? Right. So um, if I just wanted to guarantee that I was going to go shoot, go hunt that archery deer, if I put that for my first choice, you know, based on the history of statistics, I would be getting it at my first choice and I'd have a place to go hunt every mm-hmm. single year. So, so all of us hunters have to play that, that preference point um, game of understanding, okay, what am I going to do um, for preference points? What do I want to save up for? I like to um, go hunt an elk unit that I, I can draw about every other year, whether it's a cow or a bull tag. I can draw that, that unit every other year. My son, you know, he's youth currently. He's able to draw his cow tag up there every year right. based on the youth preference. And most of the time, I'm not, I don't even carry a rifle up there because I'm focused on getting him mm-hmm. um, into some animals. So um, so right now, it, whether I get that tag or not isn't the important thing. It's getting my son out there to go hunt. To go out, yeah. So we're all sure. playing this game um, out there and, on making up a, a game plan. And you and you said, like, with, with deer. And deer and elk can be different. The, they play the game differently, the preference point game. Because a lot of folks... They want to build those preference points, but they still want to hunt. With mm-hmm. elk, you have that opportunity to do that yep. easier with the OTC uh, yes. option. Deer, you don't have that OTC option. Yeah. What are some options that somebody could do if they are they put that that first hunt choice down? If you don't draw that, you get a preference point. So there's that, like you mentioned, the second choice or even a leftover situation to where you can still build points and still have an opportunity to hunt. Yeah. Yeah, so with, with elk... Um, We've got what's called over-the-counter right. licenses. These are unlimited in number. And um, if you look in your brochure, there's there's three different maps available. There's um, there's a couple of archery maps, archery season maps, and then there's a, another map that you can get an over-the-counter for second or third rifle bull tags. And um, the, these are, again, these there's no limit to these licenses. Anybody can get them. And if you look at the map, especially that rifle um, map the rifle seasons it's most of the state so there's plenty of places right, to right. go to hunt over the counter it's going to be second or third rifle and it's going to be bull only you know and, and what happens if you have a bull tag you're going to see a lot of cows what right, happens right. if you have a cow tag you're going to run into a bunch, bull, of, bulls. bunch of bulls I, I, I think they can smell that's that always the, happens yeah, yeah the tag they know yeah they smell yeah. the tag they know they know what area yeah. has as there's going to be a lot of cow tags over there, so yeah. we just send all the bulls that way. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, everyone has an opportunity to go big game hunting for elk every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to tell people to go into those over-the-counter hunts with um, with maybe a little different mentality. Um, since everybody can get those licenses, those, those units during the second and third rifle are probably going to be um, a bit crowded, especially near roads, right? So, um, right. Yep. you know, there's going to be people camping and a lot of camping areas there's going to be a lot of road traffic there's going to be a lot of hunters that are probably within a mile of the road um that's going to push game so that there's a benefit game is going to move if there's any animals in that area the game will move um so as a as a hunter we can think about okay let's look at our landscape from a aerial photo from topo lines um where where are those elk going to be pushed to well it's probably going to be they're going to be pushed two to three to four miles away from the roads right so as a hunter if you can start thinking about okay how do i get access to it where's the the good um you know day cover nighttime cover where they're gonna bed down 
Um, where are some of those meadows that maybe they come out to feed? Are there right. any um, streams, creeks, drainages that, that might have a, a spring with water available for them um, so they can go water? Um, you know, kind of think about even the topography. Like, you know, are there um, up towards the top of the ridge yeah, lines? Elevations. Saddles, yeah, elevations. Yeah, saddles. What elevation they can yeah. move, yep. Um, and, and, you know, as a, as a wise hunter, we think about north-facing slope versus south-facing right. aspects, right? And there's different cover types. That north-facing slope is usually, you know, a heavier cover of, mm -hmm. of trees. That's a great daybed area for, for elk because they got cover, escape cover as well. But maybe they come out to the south-facing aspect. So if you can kind of look at, at a lot of that, those features ahead of time, right? This is part of scouting out your units right. that you want to hunt. Um, you can kind of think about, okay, if hunters are coming in here, this is the easy access for most hunters. Where's the little more challenging access for hunters? And maybe that's where you want to go. Right, and that's and that, that, that always goes right into scouting. You said scouting is, is, the, is where you figure all that stuff out. Now, can you, can you figure that stuff out during a hunt? For sure, you can. You can use a couple days of hunting during the season for scouting, um, but you're going to have to realize that there's a lot of other people out there that are hunting while you're scouting. So you're going to, things are going to be different than it's always good to have a game plan. So yeah, right into scouting, scouting your hunt codes. You know, I mean, we've, we've touched on a lot of it now and, uh, or just recently, but, um, you got to have plans, yeah. you know, it, it's good to always have, I always say be prepared <laughs> and you always got to have a plan A, plan B, plan C, D, D, F, G, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. But, um, what are some of the ways that we can utilize, whether it's the, the brochure, the website, I use that mapping system on the website yeah, a lot. With those. Oh, it's awesome. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And it's, it's free. That's the one thing it's free. There's a lot of options out there you can do for mapping. And but you have to pay for it. And they're, they're they're good. They're great. But yeah. but I I've always been a guy that um, that I, I like to get those maps, pull them off of there. Print. You can print them off. You can mm -hmm. put layers on top of those maps on there. And yeah. uh, what other options can we can we? I mean, we like I said, we went over. Uh, you know, uh, if you're preference point hunting, how, what options you can do with elk. Um, but uh, and in deer, and then even even kind of uh, pronghorn. We touched pronghorn a little bit, but. What are some of the good ways to go through plan A, plan B, yeah. plan C? So so what I recommend to people, and this is what I try to practice myself, is plan A is always I got an opportunity to go on a over-the-counter hunt. It's mm -hmm. guaranteed year after year after year. And and I just need to decide, do I go archery or do I go rifle? And, and in those those areas, I'm going to scout some of these, these areas that I know is in an over-the-counter unit. Um, I'll scout them. I'll know the access. I'll know where camping is. Or um, I, I usually camp. I don't hit hotels, but a lot of hunters will will go to a hotel. Hey, to each his own, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so go go stop at those hotels this summer. Right. Um, you can get that over the counter and go hunt, but spend this summer scouting out Plan A, which is an over the counter elk hunt. Um, talk to the the hotel owners. When when do I need to get a reservation here? Are you full up already right. during the season? Um, you know, it, it just, you know, check with, you know, what are the facilities? Are there campgrounds nearby? Or um, what's the road access? What's it going to take for you to drive in, um, you know, come fall? Do you need a, um, you know, a big pickup truck, um, four-wheel right. drive? Or is it something that you can kind of pull over the side of the road? How, and, how high do you guys get snow usually yeah. this time of year? I'm, I'm yep. coming in second season, October, whatever. Yep. You know, how, yeah. what, do you and get it, snow? Yeah, it's, 
Is it rain? What what's the roads like? Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot to get familiar with, and it's that, not just stepping out of your vehicle and walking this, this right. ridge line to and get into your site. A lot of people don't. They put too much of an emphasis on um, going and scouting the animals and the topography yeah. themselves, but they don't put a lot of emphasis on looking at um, roads. How do I get there? Yeah. Or what can I? Is there is there private land access or is is there public land access? where private is you yeah. know what i mean if there's yeah. a lot of people don't put that in like i always look at that okay I, i'm talking to a local over here and i know i can't access that road at the, from this time of year because it snows up there and mm-hmm. i don't have the truck to get up there so i'm gonna have to plan on either parking somewhere else to uh, access another trailhead or or something else yeah. to where i that stuff to me i like to know not only Sure, that's important too. Knowing where those animals are, knowing how to how to how to how to uh, use the topography and how they use the topography, that's also good too. Yeah. But um, well, yeah, just and, other and having, how to get there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Even you might have you know, hey, I'm going to park here and I'm going to hike in here. Right. Well, what happens if a hunter beat you there? Yeah. Right? Now have, what have, are we going to have do? some backup locations? That you know what? Okay, someone beat me. I'm going to go to this place or this place. Right. Th- be familiar with a much bigger area. Yeah. That's out there. Think about um, you know if something happens. Um, maybe you harvest an animal and, and you sliced an artery while you're yep. your field you're gutting it out in the field. Yep. Um, think about where's where's going to be your emergency access. You know where's the closest hospital. Um, you know, while you're driving around out there, do you have cell coverage? Yeah. Or, you know, where is the closest place to get cell coverage? So if an accident happens, injury happens, um, emergency, you know exactly where you need to go to call and get, get emergency mm-hmm. services to come in. And, and get your local uh, DWM's number up there. Oh, yeah. You never know yep. if you need to call and report something, something yep. looks odd, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, you know, and even water. Where's, where's a water source yeah. where I'm going to be hunting? Or can I access water good? Or am I going to have to bring more water with me? Because... You, you may not be one of those guys that there's a there's a really huge uh, a push of, of folks that backpack in. Yeah. They go set up spike camps or they or they pack everything's on their on their back. They just mm-hmm. you know, and and those those folks they they may see and watch people other people do it and they may not be as experienced as those yeah. people, but they they think they can do it and they may not know <laughs> where to get water. How to that's yeah. the most simplest yep. thing oh, when yeah. you're out there is how to get water. Oh, so boy. That, you just imagine how much water you go through. Right, right. I mean, you dehydrate so quick out there. Exactly. And and I mean, put yourself in the position to where you're going to be hunting or put, put put yourself in that in that aspect if you're going to be uh you're going to be hunting high elevation where it's cold. Yeah. What how are you going to how are you going to dress? Yeah. You know, it's just it's there's a lot more that goes into it than just i mean don't get me wrong it's a huge part of knowing where those animals are yeah but it's it you also got to be prepared to to go in there to where those those where those animals are you know i mean it's it's yeah. again yeah be prepared be yeah. prepared so yeah. yeah and you go up in the summertime you can get out hiking you yeah yeah you it. can go walk around you know, yeah think about where you're going to sit with your binoculars as, as the sun comes up yep. opening yep. morning where you can see miles and miles and miles of, of areas and sequence where the animals are. Um, a lot of people, they just get up out, out, you know, get up from camp or they pop out of their vehicle and they start walking through the woods and hope they, they spook an animal Bump up and get a chance yeah. to get a shot first, which, which is seldom. I mean, those animals got better senses than, than right. we do. Um, but if you, can, if you can be up in an area, you let your binoculars or your spotting scope see the animals, you know, you're covering so much more territory with your eyes than you can with your feet. 
And so if you see the animals moving, um, you can think about, hey, where are they coming from? Where are they going? Are they coming from a, a nighttime bed and they're going to feed or are they going to get water? Um, even if you don't harvest them that first day, that, that that's information you throw into your little brain mm -hmm. file. Mm -hmm. You think, okay, th this is where they're moving. Okay, now, especially if I'm familiar with the landscape, where are they headed? Maybe I can cut them off right. at, at some place. Um, or the next day you say, you know, I'm going to get in here before they're moving, and I'm going to try and get set up so as they come across, I'm in a good spot. And I've even I've even ran into situations where I've I've done an, I've done the scouting aspect of it, whether it's from previous uh, experience with an area or a unit, um, of how many people how many folks hunt that area. Yeah, I may not go access it to where where I I, I come into an area I've scouted it. You know, all summer long, if it's an over-counter situation. I've scouted it all, all summer long, and there's all kinds of, um, uh, I see a lot of opportunity out there. So I show up opening day, and or I, I show up there, you know, I, I if I get there a couple days, if I have a couple days mm -hmm. to get there before, and I just see tent city. <laughs> tent yeah. city or RV city, whatever you want to call it. Just, just one area where I thought was going to be, where I, I didn't know there's, I, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a good access road. Because usually when you see a good access road, you can almost guarantee that there's going to be a lot of people using that good access road because they can get yeah. their their ATVs through there, whatever yeah. it is. Um, <coughs> trying to figure that out is, is going to be, a, I mean, you can probably look at to see how many people drew in that area, how many, the statistics on how mm -hmm. many licenses were in that area. So you can say, okay, there's going to be a lot of people in that area. Because you don't see that a lot until you show up, you know. <laughs> yeah, during the season. During the yep. season, you don't you, you don't see a lot of people don't scout or, or a lot of those special out of town hunters. They don't get a yeah. lot of opportunity to scout. So you're going to show up to an area where it's like, oh crap, yeah. You know, there's 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 horse trailers. There's just there's all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah. there. And now and, and now yeah. you're working in, you're looking at that B. You're looking at that yep. B, C, D area yeah. where yeah, you have yeah. If you're plans. you're relying on your plan A for over the counter, just go into that knowing that that there's going to be a, a bit of crowding, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you go into it knowing there's going to be other hunters out there, um, I, I think it, it's easier to stomach. It if is. You go if in you thinking know. you're the only person out yeah, there. Like, man, the I found this yeah. gym all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Um, but yeah, so plan B, in my opinion, that's where you start looking at what. Um, what draws out at leftover mm -hmm. or maybe at second, third, or fourth choices in, in the applications. Again, you got to study your hunt statistics um, to figure out kind of what's gone to leftover or what's gone to your you know second, third, fourth yep. choices. And, and again, these are still limited licenses. It's not an over-the-counter unit that might have more hunters per, per square mile. Um, so these are still some pretty good licenses, some pretty go good hunting opportunities. But um, but this is something that maybe you will or you won't draw every year, but it's still a backup option. Um, if you draw it, you know, yay, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like winning the lottery. You drew it, hey, that's my, I'm going to go hunt this. But if you, for some reason, you didn't draw it, you now have an over-the-counter tag that you can go get, right? That's plan A. Mm -hmm. Plan B is what you're, you know, it, it's maybe plan B. So, again, the same thing is you may have a year or two to, to invest in scouting some of these Plan Bs. Um, I mean, you can do Plan A and Plan B scouting um, this summer and be ready to go. You might be able to pick up a leftover license yet right. this year um, and still go hunt this this fall if you put the time in this summer. The 
the plan C is probably what a lot of people are going to be thinking about. This is the ultimate plan is, is plan C. This is what I want to get, but just realize it might be something you're not getting every single year. It might be, um, well, every hunter is going to have to make their own choice, but maybe it's, um, it, it's a unit that, you know, like my elk unit, I'm going to get every other year. That's, right. that's kind of my plan C. I am not putting in for 20 plus preference points. That, that's not my style. I, I, I'm not looking for a trophy antlers to put on there. I, I'm looking for my experience. And if I right. go home without a harvest, I can still have a great time. Um, but I go out there and, and every other year, I, I'm I'm fine. In fact, some years I might go up without a license, and I just support hunt camp. You know, I can help cook. I can um, I can spot from a spotting knob. If someone right. harvests, they call me up on the on the little um, walkie-talkie, and I grab a, a pack frame and I haul up the hill and I help them haul animals back down. Right, right. Um, there's a lot that we can do, and and when I'm out there in the woods, I'm still even though I'm not hunting, I don't have a tag. I'm still gaining knowledge. I'm learning the patterns of wildlife out there, and I'm having a good time with my buddies. Right, and I and I a good uh, a buddy of mine always says it, he applies it to fishing, but I think it applies here too. You're putting a down payment on future success, mm-hmm. and and it's just That's a good point. You I know, like that. you're put, I know I I, I still can I take from, credit for that. Sure, sometimes? you can take it. I I've <laughs> stolen it, so you you can go ahead and take it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's what that's what it is because I I. I like to say that they they you're putting in work, you know, you're putting in your work, and 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 I a lot of people ask too. They're well, if I'm putting in for I, I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna draw or I'm putting preference points in for a unit, you know, I have a couple preference points, and I I draw a unit that I don't. Or wait, how how am I trying to post? I'm, I'm trying to post this to where people don't have prior experience. So say mm-hmm. that they're they're trying to build towards a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with deer, where you don't have that over counter option. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they're they're putting preference points in for a certain unit, but then they 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 get to a crunch point where they want to hunt this year, and they they just want to get out and they want to deer hunt or whatever. How how would they still hunt but still kind of build those preference points? You know what I mean? We is there is there a possibility? Is there yeah. with the leftover? Is that the leftover yeah, situation? Yeah, yeah. I think that to me that's the leftover. It's either leftover or it's your second, third, or fourth choice. Um, again, it, you're looking in the hunt statistics, um, and, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how to make that plan. So, so when we, we put all of this together, um, it, if you don't have any preference points this year, you know, for hunters, I don't have it. And you're thinking, you know what, I want to go on a great elk or deer hunt, but it's going to take a few years of gaining mm-hmm. preference points. Um, go ahead and put in either a preference point hunt code, or you can put in for that, that hunt code that you want. Maybe other hunters aren't putting in, and, and this year you, you know, they're, they're just hunters put in with no preference, you know? Right? Yeah. It, it might just work this it's year, just right? might, It just might happen. Yeah, yeah. it just may happen. Um, so it doesn't hurt. If you don't draw that first choice, you get that preference point. Right. It, you know, same thing, yeah, the same, same consequences of it, um, but with a slight chance maybe you draw that tag. Um, but if you look through your hunt codes and you find um, you've got a plan B in place, right? It always goes to leftover. You could put that leftover hunt code, right? The, the unit that mm-hmm. usually goes up to leftover, put in that hunt code for your second, third, or fourth choice. Because if it usually is going to leftover, I mean, you're, you're way ahead of all those people that are waiting for the leftover draw or waiting for leftover day. Right. Right? So, so there's a good chance you're going to get it. 
I mean, a very high chance that you're going to get. It. We we can't we can't guarantee it for but anything the, the, because it's the it's, statistics say yeah, that. yeah yeah. So so if you've if you've scouted that leftover tag, you've you've got you almost got in the bag. Right. Right. Or if it usually draws out at fourth choice, put that hunt code down for second or third, um, and and you'll be able to likely draw that. So it, so it helps narrow down your chances. And if for whatever reason too many hunters put in, you got too much competition that year. Again, you go fall back on Plan A and you go hunt over the counter. Right. Um, the there's an element of all this stuff to to think about. Um, archery season, not as many people out there doing archery. You know, you, it takes different skills. You gotta you know yeah. you gotta buy a bow and you gotta buy arrows. And not only that, but you gotta go practice, practice, practice. Um, you gotta you gotta be able to stock up on an animal. So instead of a two hundred yard shot, you're talking a twenty five yard right. shot, maybe or thirty right. or whatever, whatever you whatever can shoot you can effectively shoot. at the range. I mean, that's your limit out there in the field. And so the time you put in um, in archery could be great. Muzzle loading is another season where you can go out there again. You got to get a little bit closer than a rifle, but um, it, it's during the elk rut. Um, you know, and it, it's it. it coincides with the the end of the archery season as well archery season is a really long season yeah it, it's yeah. long and it's um it uh it gives you a lot of time to and it, it, it and we kind of talked about this um on the turkey podcast we did uh where hunting the rut mm-hmm. archery season gives you that opportunity to hunt the rut with elk yeah and then there's so also so so it's muzzle loading yeah. usually muzzle loading has that has that uh is more further along into the rut, depending yeah. on the weather. The, the yeah. past couple years, that you know, the later, yeah. uh, the later in the archery muzzleloader season, and even all the way into that first yeah. uh, yep, rifle there's season, still some rut. Yeah. there's still some rutting going on. So if you're looking to get out and go hunt the rut with elk, then you might be looking at you know archery muzzleloader or even that first season yeah. of rifle. And then when you go look at uh, hunting the uh, the rut with with mule deer or, or whitetails, for example. Yeah. You're looking at maybe that third season, you <laughs> yep, know, and a little, and, later, and in a little later in yep. the year. So that's those are um, those are things to think about too when you're going and putting these hunt or when you're going yeah. and putting your choices in too. So yeah, um, and you know, there's an element to throw on top of this too. Your list A and list B licenses. So right. so there's a way in Colorado again if, if you're looking through statistics, you're playing the game. You can actually get multiple deer or elk or pronghorn licenses in a year. Right, right. And in the hunt codes, in the brochure, every single hunt code has either an A or a B listed to it. And and what the rules and regulations say is you're only allowed to have one list A for a species Mm -hmm. for a year, right? So you get one list A deer and you can have one list A elk. But you can also have a list A and a list B. Or you can have a list B and a list B. Right. So B B A A B B B B. So if, right. if, if folks are, are um, bow hunters or are looking into bow hunting, um, you know they ought to take a look at the over the counter elk archery tags because there's a cow elk over the counter that's a list B. Mm-hmm. There's a either sex that's a list A for archery. The rifle over the counter is list A. So if somebody wants to go hunt archery. Go get that over-the-counter cow tag, list B, and then you can still get the over-the-counter second or third rifle right. season For bull tag, list A. Or another option is, you know, are you in an area and you think you're really good, you're hot stuff? Go get get a get two cow tags, you know, mm-hmm. antlerless 
list A archery or get the, the either sex and the cow tag archery. And you, if you're good, if you're in an area with lots of elk, you may be able to go home with two elk right. in the same season, right? right. So you can play, play that game as well. It, there's, you're not going to be able to draw more than one limited license in the draw process. Um, so, so that's where if someone wants to draw that limited license, they got the, the backup for an over-the-counter, mm-hmm. as long as they're playing the list A, list B. I mean, they you, they got to know what they're doing on that, like what right. they're putting they, in list A, list B, right. what their options are. But, um, yeah, leftover draw, over-the-counter. There, there's, you know, there's some of these list Bs. If they draw a list A, there's some list Bs available later in the season as well. So um, whether you, you want to get more meat to put in your freezer if you think you're that good, um, yeah. or if you... Um, or, or if you just want to be outdoors for multiple seasons, right? Everyone can make their own decisions on that. But, um, yeah, it's it's a game to play. It's a process. It's a plan that people can start looking at what we're talking about and, and build a game plan um, for their own particular interests, their own particular desires of, of right. getting out there. And I think if they kind of um, use these, you know, they're going to learn more and more as, as they get into hunting. But um, I, I think you mentioned it earlier too, right, that, that hunting atlas – um, right. The website, it's a the mapping website, program, yeah. is a great place to start. Um, most hunting is on public land. You know, uh, it's going to be national forest, BLM, some of our state wildlife areas, state trust lands. Um, there's there's some state parks that have hunting on as well. Right. Um, but if they start looking at what are the public lands that they can hunt on, um, that atlas will show you what the public lands are. Yep. It show you overlay with the game management units. Right. Now you start looking at your hunt statistics. What are your over-the-counter units? Um, on that site has has species information, some winter range, right, severe exactly. winter range, some overall range, summer range. You start looking at okay, I've got an early season. Well, that's you're talking summer range during archery. Um, you get into that third rifle or some of those later seasons. Um, you get a big old early snowstorm coming in. You got a second rifle, but a big early season snow comes into the mm-hmm. high country, and you're like, "That's where I usually hunt." That big snow comes in. You want to know what is that that corridor of movement from summer range to winter range, right? Right, so that you have options. Again, that comes with scouting. Start out scouting on your computer, and then you know, come summertime, start, go out to the field and do that that field scouting as well. Um, so hunt statistics atlases um you know all that stuff is a great way to start um scouting start preparing your plan at home on your computer right you can buddies that's that's a great way to start scouting a lot of folks think that you just have to go straight to the field (laughs) and start putting boots boots the ground which which in which Mm -hmm. in there's a certain time for that but you can start scouting right now putting a plan together getting prepared and uh i i love that hunting atlas I, I've uh, it helped me a lot. I, I didn't harvest any any deer, deer last year, but it helped me um, understand a little bit more of my the area the unit I was going to go hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, and it also shows you in there too a lot of and I didn't know this until last year when I was from that hunting atlas is some of the state park wildlife areas or the state wildlife areas I should say not the state parks but the state wildlife areas they don't they have uh, regs on what you can uh, uh, shoot there. Mm-hmm. So meaning you can only shoot a buck or, or a doe or, or no no big game hunting mm-hmm. at all or only or means of taking only be archery you can't shoot right you can't hunt a rifle in there mm-hmm. or hunt with a rifle in that area so uh, look at that stuff on there but I 
I learned a lot um, just looking at the overlays on that hunting atlas. It's a great resource, and there's so many resources like that that we just went over. Yeah, and videos to help people. The videos, yeah. yeah. Um, Elk Hunting University is, a, is something you just, you just pull up different yeah. lessons. Yep. Um, it's not a story about someone's hunting trip. It, it's actually, you know, to think about, okay, I want to... I want to get into elk hunting or what's the gear what's the equipment i need what you know how right to, you know there, there's some great information you can spend you know hours and hours just reading I, through information. yeah for sure yeah. i i use that i utilize it a lot i utilize yeah. it a lot on the computer and uh uh trying to put that stuff together um i noticed something here that we haven't we haven't talked about yet and i didn't even know this was going on until i just uh read this here big game walk-in access <laughs> it's a it's a pilot program but uh, I mean, we're kind of we're kind of winding down down here. What we what we got here on our list, but um, I mean, what what's this all about? Or what where? I mean, I have not. What what's this about? So I, um, so you, many years ago, several years ago, um, CPW was looking at um, trying to find some um, big game walking access opportunities, and I. I was I didn't take advantage of that years ago when they had that, but it, the the concept was is you can buy like a big game walking right. access permit, like you used to yeah. with the small game, right? Yeah, and it, and I believe it, it's mainly you know southeast Colorado, so okay. pronghorn, some whitetails, maybe some muley muley deer out there, but um, the the concept was people were paying to get into it. Well. Um, Last year, we started up a, a different version of the big game access. So there's um, a couple of hunt codes, a couple of um, GMUs in the southeast that um, that CPW negotiated with these landowners, and we basically created walk-in access for big game hunting. So we, we've got lots of small game walk-in access right. for Tons a lot of, of pheasant hunters mm-hmm. and you know some some of that kind of kind of hunting small game. But um, last year, it came out that we've got these um, these big game walk and access properties so if people want to um kind of start thinking about planning for next year's opportunities i'd suggest they get the 2017 small game walk and access now there, there's two accesses there's a small game but there's also the late cropland right, right really right. the you know um but but the small game walk and access is the one that actually shows you what county what map of the counties um you look at that information um, I, I believe our walk, our um, hunting atlas has that listed there too. You should be able to find that big game walk and access using that hunting atlas as well. Mm-hmm. Figure out what the GMU codes are. Go look at this year's um, applications, this brochure, and figure out some of the GMUs that are in there. Look at the hunt statistics. What did they draw out with last year? I expect more people um, to have learned about it this year. So oh, I'm, I'm going to look into it yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I already have my my list of. Um, of potential places to go hunt for right. uh, pronghorn and deer pronghorn, out that's there. That's exactly so, what I'm thinking. Yeah, pronghorn so I might, and, yeah. Yep, I might be uh, dropping a couple preference points for pronghorn out there. Um, now that in in that area, I mean, I don't uh, just because you draw that <clears throat> that hunt code um, doesn't mean that you can only hunt on that that big right. game walk and access. But it's an option. You know, animals move; they may or may not be on that particular walk and access. But um, but it gives you a place to go. There's also the possibility, you know, knock on some, you know, right. some doors oh, yeah. out there. Do you own the land? Do you allow hunting? Um, you know, it, it's. I, I think there's some opportunities available, and um, you know, like I say, CPW is trying to find different ways of of um, getting people opportunities to get out hunting, and um, you know, there, there's all sorts of 
ways, you know, where there's landowner vouchers. There's landowners right. that do get some of these um, hunt vouchers, and they can sell them, or if they know friends or family, they can give them to, to people as well. So there is opportunities for that. There's I'm, Ranching for Wildlife right. Opportunities yep. is a great, great um, program that's out there as well. Some high-quality hunts, um, some great ranches that are out there. So, I mean, that's... Uh... It's there's there's a lot there's a lot it sounds like a lot mm-hmm. right but um, it's uh, if you really just kind of grab that brochure read it <laughs> put it put it in the potty yeah <laughs> if you don't read it, it doesn't help <laughs> yep. exactly I mean that's that's I, I read it a lot out there I read it on the porch I, I mean I, I got one in the truck I got one at home I got highlighters and I just I try to you know look at as much that's that's where uh, where I would start there and, and get prepared. I mean, really get prepared as, as best as you can and, um, and then, uh, you know, scout from there. So uh, as we close this, 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 uh, this segment out, um, is there anything that, uh, that you didn't cover or if you just want any parting thoughts that you kind of want to leave folks with? Yeah, you know, I, I just got to encourage people, don't, don't be intimidated by the process, right? Uh, hopefully we, we simplified you know the process people right. know how to make a plan they know you know hey we've got over-the-counter options um it it isn't that hard to go big game hunting you know the the biggest challenge is once you you pull that trigger and you you have a, a successful harvest it's getting the animal and that, hauling it back now we're starting to talk about yeah it now you're separating yeah, yeah yeah for so sure study up on that as well but um I encourage people that it, it isn't as hard as it looks but it does take a little bit of preparation and you know, get out there this summer. Go camping with the family mm-hmm. or some friends and, and take advantage of your time and just enjoy time outdoors. Um, learn as much as you can while you're out there. Get those reps in. Get yes. those reps in. Get the experience. Yep. Yeah, yeah, get in shape. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, all right, yeah, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, um, uh, for this topic today. Uh, thanks for joining us. And if uh, I'll have a lot of this information in the show notes as far as where you can go, numbers to call, and... Um, uh, the best way to get a hold of you is to um, uh, probably go to uh, cpw.state.colorado.us and then look up Hunter Outreach there, and uh, they can you know get a hold of you from there, right? Yeah, we've got and, a lot of people or like, working throughout the state. So or like we said, yeah, like we've, folks we've said all day on the podcast, call call somebody yep. down here and uh, and ask questions. You know, if if but. The biggest thing is don't wait to the last minute in this situation. You yep. know, um, if you're having trouble with 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 the system, really ask questions now. Now's the time to ask questions to figure it out. So, um, again, we, we're going to have uh, a more podcasts going forward. Uh, Brian's going to be on a lot more, uh, getting prepared for turkey, getting prepared for the big game draw, and then we'll see what else uh, have in store uh, for us uh, uh, throughout the season. So, Uh, Other than that, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in today. And as always, like and subscribe, or I should say not like, but subscribe to the podcast and uh, rate and review it. Uh, That's how uh, other folks see this, and it gets uh, uh, put out there so other folks can subscribe to it too on the search engine. So it's something I always like to ask. uh, uh, Subscribe and um, rate the podcast. Brian, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Matt. And um, wealth of wealth of knowledge and a great resource uh, for us to get inspired to get outside. So uh, other than that, y'all take care and have a good day.